Amen. Would you open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. And as you're turning there, I want to say how good it is to be back this Sunday. We were out last Sunday. Charlotte and I celebrated our 28th anniversary, and I praise the Lord for that good gift uh, that he's given us uh, many years, and we pray that we'll have 28 plus more. Uh, we're thankful for our family and our church family and, and our staff. What a great team. Andrew did a fantastic job preaching last Sunday, and it's just great to, to be able to serve with uh, gifted men and women uh, who help us uh, press forward the kingdom of God right here in Savannah and to the ends of the earth. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned And she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we pray that you would take this word, your holy, infallible word, by your spirit and plant it deep in our hearts. We pray that you would bring about life change. Lord, change our hearts, change our minds, change our affections. 
Let us see Jesus as he is. Let us trust him completely. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, you heard the story about the tightrope walker. There was a, a great and famous tightrope walker. And he had a line stretched across a great divide. And people came and gathered wanting to see this feat. And as they gathered, he walked across the tightrope and came back and they cheered and cheered and were amazed at what he had done. And he said, do you believe that I can do it again? And they said, yes, we believe. And they cheered and cheered knowing that he could do it. And he saw a wheelbarrow and he said, do you believe I could push the wheelbarrow across the tightrope? And they said, yes, you could do it. You're the greatest. We believe. And so he pushed the tightrope across and back and, and they cheered and were amazed again. And he said, how many of you think I could do it again? And they said, yes, we believe. And he said, OK, which one of you is first to get in the wheelbarrow? You see, what Luke is doing in this text, in this series of texts, in these events where he's recording Jesus stilling the wind and the waves, speaking, commanding the wind and the waves, and they stop, they cease. And they say, who then is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? He's wanting them to ponder the person of Jesus. So he tells the story, the account also about when Jesus went to the other side of the lake and he healed the man who had been possessed by many demons. And remember the text that Andrew preached last week, that the man was clothed and in his right mind, Jesus had healed him completely. And today we're seeing the account of Jesus healing a woman who has a discharge of blood for 12 years that no one could heal her. She had spent all of her savings uh, going to doctors, trying to find healing, and no one could heal her. And Jesus heals her. He has authority over disease. And the 12-year-old girl who had died... Jesus demonstrates that he has authority not, over, not only over disease, but over death itself. Really pointing us to the cross where he will defeat death, hell, and the grave for all who would trust in him. Luke is giving us these accounts because he not only wants us to ponder the person of Jesus, but that it should be to the end that we put our trust in him. He wants us to think about who Jesus is in his power, in his majesty, that he's the Lord, the one who commands the wind and the waves, the Lord over nature, the Lord over demons, the Lord over death and disease. But not just that we know that he's the Lord, but that we trust him. That's where he's leading us. In fact, in the account of the stilling of the storm, remember in verse 25, 
Jesus said to them, where is your faith? And we see right here in our text today, verse 48, and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And also speaking to Jairus, he says, do not fear, only believe and she will be well. Luke wants us to ponder the person of Jesus so that we will put our trust in him completely. We learned a couple weeks ago in the stilling of the storm account, pointing us back to Psalm 89, verses 8 and 9, that the one who stills the wind and the waves is the Lord of hosts. None other than Yahweh, the Lord of hosts. In Psalm 65, 5, He is the God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth. The one who commands the waves, the one who stills the storm, is the God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth. I think about Ezekiel had to be in their minds as they're thinking, who then is this? In Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 to 16, the Lord says this, Thus says the Lord God. Literally, thus says the Lord, Lord, Adonai, Yahweh. I myself will search for my sheep. I myself will rescue them. The Lord had promised that He Himself would come to the rescue of His people. And the disciples are pondering, who then is this? But the Lord Himself who has come. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, He says, I am the Lord, your healer. I'm Yahweh, your healer. And that's what we see in our text today. I want us to notice three things. The first is this, that He is the one who has all power and authority. He is the one who has all power and authority. Number two, he is the one who cares for those in desperate need. He is the one who cares for those in desperate need. And number three, he is the one in whom we all must trust. Let's look at number one. He's the one who has all power and authority. That's what we see in this text. In fact, as we look at where we're going next week, chapter 9, verse 1, he says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. Luke is leading us there. Who then is this? He's the one that has all power and authority And he gives that to his disciples that they would go out in his name, preaching the gospel and healing diseases and casting out demons. He's the one that has power over any and every disease. Look at the verse in verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. 
As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus healed her He had power and authority, all power and authority over every disease. And she was healed instantaneously. We go on further in the text where Jesus gets to Jairus's house and his daughter is dead. But he tells Jairus. Do not fear, only believe and she will be well. And in verse 54, it says, but taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once and he directed that something should be given her to eat. Jesus has power over death, authority over death. He spoke and she was healed. She was brought back to life. It says that her spirit returned and she got up at once and proving that she was alive, not just a spirit. He directed that something should be given her to eat. Jesus is the one who has power and authority over any and every disease over life and death. Let me ask you a question. Are you struggling to trust the Lord with your health? Your child's health? A recent diagnosis that you've received? Your days on earth? The Holy Spirit is saying today through the Word of God that Jesus is the one who has all power and authority over every disease and over life and death. And you can trust him. You can look to him. You can call upon his name. Let's look at number two. Jesus is the one who cares for those in desperate need. See, it's not just that he has power and authority. It's not just that he's mighty. It's that he cares. He knows and he cares and he sees you in your circumstances. He's the one who cares for those in desperate need. What we see in this text is that there are two daughters in desperate need. Two daughters in desperate need. One is a 12 year old daughter of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And one is a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years and no one can heal her. Now, I want you to think about this woman. Back in Leviticus chapter 15, the law says this in verse 25, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity or if She has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity. All the days of the discharge, she shall continue in uncleanness. As in the days of her impurity, she shall be unclean. 
And every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge, she shall be to her as the bed of her impurity. And everything on which she sits shall be unclean as in the uncleanness of her menstrual impurity. And whoever touches these things shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and shall be unclean until the morning. This was a woman who was in a desperate situation. In fact, she was very much like the leper that Jesus touched and healed. She was isolated. She was alone. She didn't want to touch anyone because they would be religiously, ceremonially unclean. She didn't want anybody to know of her situation. So she couldn't share what was going on in her life. She was not experiencing community like we need community, like we were designed for community because of this ailment. She was in a desperate situation. But Jesus cares for those who are in desperate need. As he is going to heal Jairus' daughter, in verse 43 it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? And Jesus knows who touched him. Very much like in the garden when the Lord asked Adam, where are you? It wasn't that the Lord didn't know where Adam was. He wanted Adam to know where he was. He was in hiding. And Jesus knew the woman who touched him but he wanted to bring her out and establish her and not only bring about healing physically, but he was going to restore her in community. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. There's a huge crowd. They're walking through a crowded street. Everybody is touching Jesus. But Jesus said, someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people. Notice this, why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. I want us to see that he cares for the individual person. The crowds are pressing in. He doesn't just care for the crowds in general. He doesn't just care for people in general. He cares for the individual in need. He sees her as an individual in desperate need. And he draws her out of the crowd. 
he speaks to her and draws her out of the crowd. Not only does he care for the individual person, he cares for the whole person. Look at this. He heals her body. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. The discharge of blood stopped immediately, just like the wind and the waves ceased. This discharge for 12 years stopped and she was healed. Jesus healed her body. But he not only healed her body, look at this. He exposes, establishes, and encourages her faith. Verse 48 says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. It wasn't enough just for her to be healed. He wanted her to know that it was by faith, by the means of faith that she was trusting in him to bring about the healing. And he wanted to expose that not only to her, but in front of everyone and establish her in the faith and encourage her in the faith. Look at this. She came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. But why did she touch him? No one could heal her. She had gone to all the doctors. She had spent all of her money and no one could heal her. She was in desperate need and she reached out to Jesus believing that he could heal her. She had heard the news. She had heard all the reports and she believed that he could heal her. It said why she touched him and then how she had been immediately healed. She had to tell everybody. So he establishes her in the faith by letting her testify why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He not only cares about the body, but he is primarily caring about our faith, that we would believe and trust him and that we would be established in the faith and grow in the faith. But he also restores her community. So he wanted everyone to know that now she was clean, that now she could be with everyone, that she could be touched, that she could be hugged. He restored her community. So Jesus cares for the whole person. He cares for our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit. He cares for our community, that we would experience community that we would be in relationship with others and he brings about healing and restoration to all. Jesus cares for those in desperate need. Number three, he is the one in whom we all must trust. Notice how he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. 
go in peace. He uses the testimony of the woman who had believed and she was healed now to encourage the ruler of the synagogue. The woman's testimony, her faith, commended in front of all, he now uses her testimony of faith to encourage the faith of the religious ruler. Look at verse 50. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. Jesus is concerned about our faith, primarily, that we would trust him. His mighty actions reveal his identity, but it's not enough for people to say, I know you can do it, but that they would trust him for themselves. Not only that the tightrope walker could walk across with the wheelbarrow, but that people would trust him to get them safely across. Have you entrusted your life to the Lord? Do you know that he can save? Do you know that he can deliver? And have you trusted your life into his hands? Remember, Luke is not only leading us to ponder the person of Jesus, but he wants us to put our trust in him and him alone. What matters is not the sincerity or the seriousness or the strength of your faith. What matters is the object of your faith. See, a lot of people say, I believe. They may believe in science. They may believe in reason. They may believe in statistics, programs, experiences. But what counts is not their sincerity or the seriousness about which they believe. What counts is whether the object of their faith is true and reliable. And we're seeing that Jesus is the only true, reliable object of our faith. Pondering the person of Jesus must lead to trusting the person of Jesus. And the object of our faith must be Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And what this text is revealing, that the name of the Lord our God has been revealed finally and completely in the person of and work of Jesus Christ. He is the one in whom we all must trust. His power over disease, authority over disease, power over death, and authority over death, and we can trust Him with our lives, with everything, with our life eternally. Well, let me ask you a couple questions for application. First of all, are you struggling to trust the Lord with the circumstances in your life? Maybe the circumstances that seem to be delays or interruptions or even distractions from your own desperate need. I want you to think about Jairus. Now, we have no indication at all that he was frustrated, 
that he was worried or anxious when the woman with the discharge of blood came and Jesus paused from going to Jairus' house and healed the woman on the way. But I know in our weakness, in my own weakness, I know it would be very common to get anxious, to get angry. Lord, we're on the way. My daughter is dying. You got to hurry. Don't stop now and heal this woman. You got to do for me what I'm begging you to do. Are you struggling to trust the Lord with the circumstances in your life? Maybe someone or something seems to jump ahead of you as you wait on the Lord to act on your behalf. And are you angry? And are you anxious? Or do you trust him in his timing, knowing that he cares for you, for you and your situation? That he's a compassionate and gracious God. He knows your need and he has the power and authority to meet your need. Are you anxious or do you trust him? Another question, do you struggle to tell others of your own desperate condition? And why you turned to Jesus and how he changed your life? The woman really wanted to, after she was healed, she knew the discharge had stopped. She knew that she was healed and she wanted to shrink back in the crowd and disappear. But Jesus restored her completely. And he gave her the opportunity to testify why she had touched him and how she had been healed. Is your tendency to shrink back? And not want to tell about your own weakness and how the Lord healed you and how the Lord changed your life. How you were a sinner in need of a savior. And how the Lord forgave you of your sins through his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead and how your life has changed since then. It's hard to tell people about your testimony. We fear that they're going to reject us or not understand or think that, uh, that, that we're crazy. And yet, Jesus wants us to testify about what He has done in our lives. It's for His glory and it's for our good. It strengthens our faith. It strengthens our resolve to be the witnesses that He's called us to be, but maybe you struggle with that. And maybe Jesus would draw you out from the crowd today and give you the opportunity to testify of what he's done in your life and that your faith would be strengthened and that you would grow. But maybe you're here today and you need to turn to Jesus today, acknowledging your own desperate condition And trust him alone to save you. Maybe you see today that he is the Lord. The one who has come to the rescue of sinners. The one who has all power and all authority. And the one who cares for you in your need. And maybe today by the Lord's grace that you would see that you are in need. That your sin has made a separation between you and God. 
And the only way to be healed is by trusting in Jesus Christ. When Peter is preaching in the book of Acts, he says, There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Today, call upon Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the promise of everlasting life. And he will save you. He's the one who has power and authority. He's the one who cares for you in your desperate need. And he is the one in whom we all must trust. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would help us today to trust you more and more. Lord, we say we believe, but help us in our unbelief. So many times we stand in the crowds saying we believe. And yet when it comes down to it, we don't act as if we have entrusted our life into your hands. Lord, grow us. Make us men and women and boys and girls who are strong in the faith. Give us great joy and boldness in sharing with those around us why we turned to you, Lord Jesus, and how you have changed our lives. Lord, as we ponder the person of Jesus, I pray that the end result would be that we put our trust in him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.